Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, we'll get ready for Barcelona's Europa League match in the Theater of Dreams tomorrow night, and we'll talk a little messy. But before we get into all those topics, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we get ready for the match on Thursday night, Troy Cadet joins me as we're going to talk a little bit about the preview for tomorrow night and then talk a little messy because obviously there was some messy news that came out later on today. Troy, how you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Just uh, getting ready. I'm going to Barcelona next weekend, so kind of gearing up for that and also just getting ready for this match tomorrow night because, you know, last night in our WhatsApp group we were talking how Real Madrid again comes up with the goods and that just frustrates me even more especially since we're in Europa League, but I digress. Let's just get into the match for tomorrow night. We have a couple of topics we want to hit on. And the first thing I want to talk about that I have here in the doc is, you know, is this pressure for Messi? Is this pressure for Xavi in this European night? I know you've, you had 
talked about it before saying no, but I still think there is immense pressure to come up with something for tomorrow night. Yeah. I mean, last week I, th- I thought there wasn't, but that was before Chavi went and tooled around with his, <laughs> with his lineup. So we really didn't, you know, we didn't put our best team out there. So now I think that it went from really not having that much pressure. Cause I thought that we would, you know, win that game to now we're going into hostile, a very hostile environment, you know, missing players, which we'll talk about. And then, yeah, the pressure has to be, the pressure has to be on now because if, if we lose, uh, then we're, you know, then we're going to be like, here we go again, or we haven't changed or we haven't adapted. We haven't, we're not ready for the big stage yet. So all these, you know, thoughts and concerns are going to come out. So, I got to say that there's a lot of pressure. I've been on Twitter all day long today and there's a lot of, a lot of lingo coming out of the the Barca squad about being, you know, positive about the game, positive that they can win, positive about having the intensity seems to me like maybe their chatter is even a little bit stronger than it was last week. So uh, to me, that just says that there must have been some, you know, some planning, obviously, some discussion, some team talk about the importance of tomorrow. So with that all leads me to say, yeah, the, the pressure is pressure for me is absolutely on now. Again, it's, you know, obviously we have to take this as a separate tournament from La Liga because obviously La Liga, we continue to win. We just won on su- on Sunday night against Cadiz, which was, again, another good victory. But when I look at the record, right, it's two losses, right, five draws, and just one win. Okay, This is like yeah. in European nights from last season, including that. 13 goals mm-hmm. scored, 13 goals conceded. It's not that it's the end of the world if they lose tomorrow – because we have a lot of things stacked up against us, right? And I understand yeah. that it's, you know, if you're a betting person, you would have to take the money on Manchester United. Just they're playing at home and with our injuries yeah. and so forth. But again, it's it's the culmination of these European nights that Barcelona continues to fail, both in Champions League and now in Europa League, which is crazy, right? Because now we are struggling to advance through Europa League. I mean, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, right? We get knocked out of Champions League. We all thought that maybe we would have not an easier run, but a decent run in, in Europa League. And here we are already in the knockouts and we're getting knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if it was anybody else in the Europa League, we'd probably be much, much more secure. We just happen to run into the hottest team in the Premier League, which we'll go ahead and we'll just say that they're, they've been given the title of hottest team in Europe. Um but again, that was for me for last week. That was more of a reason to come out mano y mano and really just see where you are. You know what I mean? That's what, and the, that's what was more important for me. And the team still fought, so I was really proud of the team, like fighting until the end. Like we 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 had them at the end. Like I've watched, I've rewatched that game like five times now, just to because a lot of times my timing of original watch is off a little bit. You know, I'm like, oh. Because on the last pod, I was like, about oh, 20, 20, 20 minutes of the last game, you know, we had them, you know, we were beating them down. It was really more of so like the last 10 minutes, maybe eight minutes. But we had them on the ropes still, even with a really bad lineup on the defensive side. We we still could have won that game. They had more opportunity overall, but we still should have won. Like we, we had them at the end, like they were gassed and we were like going full speed ahead. Um, so. 
that that told me that this team, you know, in the big picture, this team is absolutely improving. Um, because like I said, you know, I said it in the WhatsApp, I think I even said on the pod two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, we would have got shellacked in that game. We would have just purely got shellacked because we didn't play any defense and we didn't have that intensity. And we certainly did not have the fight until the end of a game. If everybody in the world knew if you can get up on Barcelona, they they're not coming back on you because they don't have the desire and the in the in the fortitude in the grit to do it. Well, this team did. I mean, they were they were just you know they had the, like a, a hand behind their back or you know to start the game based on that lineup. So I really didn't like to see that. Um, so based on that, I'm feeling good about the team. But that next step is fighting against and winning European elite. And that's where man United is playing right now. They're, but they're not, they're not great. They're not, I don't even know if anybody's great this year, but they are, they have, like I said it last time, they've won more points than anybody. I think it's coming out of the world cup since we started to play. And again, I never could find that stat, but they were at the top of the list. We were like second. So they are the hottest team. They're winning. They're and they're winning the Premier League. You know, arguably the number one league in Europe right now. You know, based on a lot of things. And so, uh, it's a good team. It's a good test for us. But um, they're 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 walking into a hornet's nest here uh, tomorrow. Yeah, and when I think about this, you know, again, I'm just going to give you a little pushback. It's whoever's in front of you, you got to play right. And I understand, like, yeah. yes, the draw just happens that we have Manchester United. Yeah, but again, I you know, especially coming on the heels of what I saw last night with Madrid going to Anfield and putting a Balisa last night, I just, I'm just, it confuses me even more. You know, <laughs> as soon yeah. as I think I have some sort of sideline of what to expect from these teams, you know, especially Real Madrid. Yeah. I was telling my friend last night we were watching the match, and I said, "Yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty tough match." And then obviously Liverpool goes up two, and then all of a sudden you see the reverse of that coming with five yeah. unanswered. And then when I think about Barcelona's issues in European nights, especially since 2015, as we, we've documented so many times, and then on top of that, they're about to get knocked out of Europa League. Now, obviously, I'm going to be positive and, and think that they're going to try to win. I said never give up. But at the same time, like yeah. when we're dealing with these cards, you know, what we're going to talk about in the next topic is the midfield. But yeah. I can't I, – it's just really hard to shake this feeling of pressure for Xavi, especially going forward. And I know, you, you know, he wins La Liga. That's going to erase a lot of that doubt and keep that yeah. – um, you know. but obviously, like, if we want to measure ourselves against European elite, we have to figure these things out because based on the draw, you're never guaranteed uh, an easy path, and this is pro sports, and you have to grit it yeah. out. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. One of the main reasons I want to talk about is that worries me tomorrow is just our midfield. You know, we are, you know, from what I've read, read and seen today, that Sergio Busquets is coming back. And that worries me so much, Troy, because it's not even Sergio Busquets playing on six games in a row. It's Sergio Busquets who hasn't played at all. And mm -hmm. to drop him tomorrow in Manchester against this midfield, that scares me. And then the other thing, too. Mm -hmm. In the past, when we had to make a substitution here of injury or whatever, using Sergio Roberto in the midfield, we always had Messi to cover a lot of those things up. But now you're yeah. telling me, Troy, that we're going to depend 
a victory on Busquets and Sergio Roberto tomorrow. I just, I just can't see it. It's just not in the, yeah. I, I just not seen it. It's that's a, that's difficult to swallow. It really is because the reason why Busquets has had, you know, a, a pretty decent season, right? He's been playing pretty well. The reason is, is because who is around him? Gavi, Pedri, Frankie, without them, he's, he's, really highlighted of how old he's getting, how slow he is. Um, and so the spotlight has been off of him because of those guys. And of course, everybody knows that's listening that we will not have Gavi and we will not have Pedri for this match. So that leaves, that leaves Busquets, Frankie and, Ser- and Sergio Roberto as our midfield lineup. So that's the scariest part of, of them all. And then again, we haven't even talked about, uh, the back four and who we're going to put there. Um, but yes, we have not seen any success when you put uh, some of these aging players together on the field at the same time that this, when let's be honest, it's when we've been chewed up and spit out in European competition, the Liverpool, you know, the Roma, the, all of them, that's, that's where they attacked. They attacked that midfield. They attacked on the counterattack. you know, Busquets has a really bad habit more often or not uh, lately than, than early in his career, but he, he will make some really bad passes, you know, towards midfield, even, even in our side a little bit going into their side and the teams that we are playing against just attack with a counterattack, you know, ferocious, a counterattack. And that's when we've always gotten in trouble. So you have to imagine that that's what Ten Hag is planning for tomorrow that he's going to see Busquets on the field and Roberto, and that's where the attack is going to take place. That's where the attack is going to start for them. I envision a really high press on those two players the whole entire game, and all I guarantee in 90% of counters will start from the press on those two. So how do we, how do we, how do we avoid that? That's, that's our big, that's when I was, you know, planning for this pod, thinking about what Barca is going to do. I've been thinking, I mean, I'm already nervous. Like I'm already, <laughs> my stomach's already feeling the butterflies already. And I mean, we still got a full, you know, we, we'll be playing, playing by this and we're under 24 hours, but I'm already nervous. But I started thinking about this, you know, coming out of the weekend. Um, but yeah, how are we going to, it's. Um, it's daunting. It's daunting because uh, yeah. the thing is, I'm already envisioning Busquets and Roberto chasing so many balls tomorrow on the back foot, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and it's going to go to our next topic because I think the only way to really protect those two is having the strongest four. And that four for me is Balde, Araujo, Christensen, and yep. Kunde, right? If there's yeah. any variation into that, and if Xavi puts Alba and Alonso, it's game over. It is complete yeah. game over because there's no speed anywhere. And the amount of long balls that are going to be chucked up, and you're just going to continue to see. It's like it's almost like a cornerback drill, backpedaling, right? It's yeah. you're going to just see Roberto and Busquets, and also the other thing, Busquets. I'm nervous he's not even going to make the 90 minutes, you know, because yeah. Yeah. coming from injury, obviously he's been rehabbing and doing, but dropping him in this type of match where it's a sold out match, big time heavyweights, Manchester is going to chase it, chase, chase, and. Man, I'm really nervous about tomorrow's yeah. midfield, just the amount of attacks that Man U is going to be able to garner, especially if we don't see the strongest back four. Yeah. Yeah, that has to be – okay, so I'm hearing the rumors 
And it just actually popped on Twitter just a little bit ago, Alba's playing, but not as a left back, not as a, f- a fullback. He's not. Uh, it's definitely going to be Balde, Araujo, Christensen, and uh, Kunde as the back four. Don't know. I don't know outside of I'm pretty secure Christensen will be the center back. I don't know who's going to be playing the right back and the and the center back on the right-hand side yet. That's We'll see. I don't know. We'll, I mean, Chavi couldn't even readjust from his adjustment that he made from the game last week. <laughs> I mean, man, you saw that they put a route on the right back, so they said, we're not going to go up our normal left. We'll just go right smack down the middle, and that's exactly what they did. I just So that was one of those head shakers to me, like, Okay, if you if if you realize that they just adjusted off of your adjustment, then adjust back. Like yeah. let's get Araujo back in the middle. You know, like put him there. That's where you, it was pretty crystal clear. They're going right. They're going right down the smack down the middle. So, um, so we'll have to see how that back four is. But I'm hearing Alba's going to be the left winger. <laughs> but that doesn't. <laughs> it's but like, like we can't. Why? It's like it's impossible. It's almost impossible for them to. For, for Chavi to like see past Busquets, Alba, Roberto, Alonso. Like for some reason, he just cannot see past those guys. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I re going forward here on this Alba thing. I re like I told you, I rewatched that game. I've counted him making six bad plays within the first 20 minutes, bad passes, bad passes that turned into counterattacks immediately like passes that weren't even close to going to another Barca player, passes that he just passed right to a Man U player, and they just jumped on it and went right to, into a counterattack. We absolutely cannot have that. We cannot be giving them the ball when we when we have a, a left back all the way up the field, leaving us with three, and one of them was, was Marcus Alonso. We, we just – you know, we talk about numerical superiority with these players, and we're basically killing ourselves – so we'll see if that if that comes true or not. Hopefully, I hope to God that it's not. That it's yeah. not but because uh, I, but the I mean, has got to be those those four guys. It absolutely has. I don't care if Alde makes makes some mistakes. The the speed that he brings to the pitch, the ability to take that ball and curve it and bring it around the end. You know when we're when we're attacking, and and his ability to track back to me is by far way more important than than anything Alba could bring to the pitch by far. Yep. But everyone loves Alba's centering. Everyone always claims, Oh, he's back, baby. He's centering that ball. One out of six he times. He wasn't centering anything on the last game. Oh my God. It was horrible. Again, horrible. as I always want to reemphasize, okay. We've been really lucky mm-hmm. at Barcelona, obviously prime Alba, prime Alves, prime yeah. Abidal. These backs that are not only really sound defensively in their prime, but also had attacking ability. And so we automatically think that's what the profile is necessary to succeed at Barcelona, which it is not. It's a nice attitude to have. The thing that Balde is, as you mentioned, the speed, the coverage, all that, but also the want to play defense. I mean, that goes so much further than Alba. You see Alba make so many just lazy mistakes because he does not want to defend. Like that is not his forte. And so his legs now are much older, so he can't track back. And that's what he used to be able to cover a lot of his deficiencies on defense. And to me, when I look at this now, just thinking about all the different chess pieces, you know, as we talk about what man you might do with Rashford to me, this back, back four that we've mentioned 
negates anything that Manchester does with Rashford going there. Because if you put Rashford on the left, I'm completely confident with Koundé covering him. If you put him yeah. up the middle, completely confident with Christensen and Arahu covering that as well. So I think it really just all depends. If Xavi rolls out that back four, we have a puncher's chance for sure because our yeah. that's going to be our best line of defense, right? And then that's going to help. Now, if we go to the midfield – do you think that goes to three midfield and goes with three wingers up top or three attackers on top? Or do you think he goes with maybe four midfielders to help protect or maybe use some sort of diamond wing with Frankie yeah. Dion? What do you think? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, would we even try a double pivot, um, which we were successful doing that earlier in the year, albeit a different type of opponent. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't um or even or even adjusting the back line not playing so high. Like there's some little tweaks you can do to like make it so we're not, you know, it's the the counterattacks are not so dangerous, right? As long and we'll have the speed on the on the pitch again with that going with the the idea that that's our back four. Um it's much more solid than we had last game. I and mean, you're right, they'll just move Rashford around and that's okay. We that's what we we got our best four on the field. We got to learn how to deal with it. So I don't know I do. I will say this. I was on Twitter, you know, again, like I mentioned, I was been on Twitter and also I just was watching their language and all of a sudden I just got like, I got a sneaking suspicion. They're going to try something in the midfield. I don't know. I've been trying to like, think about like, what is it going to be? You're really, yeah, but, but, but hold really, on, hold on. Okay. Like if we do this crazy thing of the midfield, but like, what, what is that thing? Because it's not like we can yeah. just, we don't have like, let's say, I'm just throwing this out. We don't have like a yep. unique play. I mean, are you saying something like a Pablo Torre coming out or something like this, or like no, I don't this type of thing? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you know, because when I, well, so you know when I when I'm know, thinking but, of like yeah. of this midfield right now, one of the things that's that's ultimately going to affect as well is Frankie De Young. Like he gets neutered with yeah. Sergio Roberto on the field and Busquets yeah. essentially. You know, like it, yeah, of course, like when. In the Classico, like obviously Busquets was in that lineup, and I get that. But Pedro and Gabi are the ones that are doing so much of the tracking, so much of the yeah. movement that Busquets can hang back. And again, like that's the other thing with this midfield. I don't know. I, I think I think if I were to try, I would just try to put four because I think it's better to have the numbers in the midfield and then try to use Lewandowski yeah. and whoever else you want in the Rafinha in the, in the top oh. to manage that spaces in between and also not have so many gaps on counters. So who are you put? So if you're putting four on the field, who are you? I mean, obviously Busquets, yeah. Frankie, Sergio Roberto, and I would say Frankie De Young and Frank Kessiga. That's, that's who I would do. Okay. You know, so they're, so they're four standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so I would just and also I, no subs. Yeah, well, the thing is, I would just try to use uh, Sergio Roberto as like the Gavi role, right? To have him up yeah. more up top and to have him flood that left wing that he was doing because I think that does two things. You take Sergio Roberto out of the defense, essentially, yeah. right? Like he's not the the last <laughs> line defense. Yeah, but yeah. also like he can do enough in the attack to be dangerous. You know, yeah. It's like I always say, like I know French to be dangerous, right? Like I know enough French to be dangerous. I can order a yeah. croissant. I can do this. Yeah. Like Sergio Roberto is the same way in attack. Like he's in. He can do a couple moves there. That was like, oh, okay. And then he'll make a pass and make Manchester United defense think about those things. So, but again. We're so thin at midfield that I know. the more conservative thing would probably be just to go three and have a setback because what's the worst thing? What if Busquets goes in five minutes and gets hurt again? Then all of a sudden we have to ring it, right? Like that's what you said. Jordi yeah, Alba midfield. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, those are, those are the, you know. Oh, he just sits his butt down and we just keep him 
Um, yeah, I mean that's the problem. We're so thin there that if they did, if they did do that for midfield setup, like we have nobody to come off the. I mean, yeah, Pablo Torre can come in with a guy who hasn't played. Not, he's, he's not seen the field. There's no way. There's no way that he sees. Yeah, the I mean, field, who, who so. else is left? Right? We got Kessie. We got yeah. There's nobody else really. Right? Nobody. I mean, Chavi suits up. He comes yeah. in. <laughs> Puts on number 16. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we, yeah. So I, I, I don't know, but, but I was thinking maybe we bring in like somebody like a, Fran, like a Fran, you know, maybe we, if they are, whoever plays the left wing, I don't know. We'll probably have Rafinha on the right. Obviously got Lewandowski up front, maybe an, maybe an Ansu, maybe an Ansu plays the left wing and maybe that maybe they do bring a Jordi Alba into maybe he's a far left midfielder. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I think they're going to, I have a, this sneaking suspicion that Chavi is going to do this strange, this strange formation. And it, it'll be something that, per, you know, even, even though I'm going against what I, what I said last week that, you know, Man United wouldn't have the time to do some type of new formation that we've never seen, which they did. And they just adjusted theirs. I said that last week, but now I'm thinking maybe Barca tries to do something, but I just have this, I'm just telling you their lingo about being confident in this. I just don't see their players saying that unless they know that they got something up yeah, their sleeve. That, so I'm going to go, you're shaking your head. No, I'm going on paper right now. I'm going on record. They're going to do something funky. I don't know exactly what it is. Let's just put it, let's just make it simple. So people can say, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. They're going <laughs> to put a player out of position. And I think it's going to be in the midfield that normally doesn't play there and they're going to, they're going to be, um, I don't know. They're just going to be, we'll just say there'll be someone that, that is really responsible for driving the ball forward. So it, it might be, just be that we have somebody play, stay back and Frankie, you know, is really given the green light to, to move the ball forward and do his thing where he plays the best. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's Alba. How about how scary is this? Maybe it's Alba. Maybe it's a maybe it's like a four three one two. Maybe it's Alba. Maybe it's Busquets and Roberto as like a back three. <laughs> and I mean, this is, this is the thing. In the middle with Lewandowski and Rafi. I don't know. We'll. I'm so just this, telling you. I, my the, gut tells me something's something's gonna go. Something's nah. gonna be crazy on the field. We'll see. Nah, we'll this. See. I mean, unfortunately, you you just don't you can't do it because like it, this isn't FIFA where we can just like go through and just yeah. and one day just switch the formation and expect yeah. results like we do in FIFA when you're playing FIFA. But yeah, this team right now is so thin, and that's what you know. It's like one of those things is like Gabi has to learn from this so much because his absence just throws the whole team in turmoil. Obviously, we couldn't yeah. predict the Pedri injury and obviously the Busquets absence as well, but. You can just see from his behavior of the way he got those yellow cards are just so yeah. minute of the, you know, you got to control yourself because yeah. if he's in this match, it could, it's a whole different dynamic, yeah. right? It's a yeah. whole different dynamic, right? And the other thing too, let's we're gonna move on to the, to the next line, but, you know, as much as we want to conjecture what could be, what can be with the, with the midfield, I think ultimately he goes three just because, as we talked about, we're so thin, we need to have a reserve on the bench. Yeah. But let's talk about the front three because with Fran Torres having this amazing breakout on Sunday, oh, my God, he spoke yeah. to a sports psychologist who may have a lot. It's one match, okay? Indeed, and I, I mean, come on. And it's Cadiz. Yeah. And, 
Okay, I'm I'm like I said on the on the pod on Monday. You give him his flowers for the performance. It was a great performance yeah. for what it was. But the thing is, we've been talking about it's about consistency at this level, and more importantly, you still have to score goals. Now, obviously, I still have trust in Lewandowski and Rafini up there. But do you think maybe he he goes with Tor- Torres on the left? He could. He could. I mean, we see that he's that already hurts my heart. I just I yeah. I'd rather and just he... see Ansu, and I know he's not know. because he's going to say, Ferran had an amazing game on Sunday, and so he's going to use Torres on the left, and it's just oh my god, I'm already yeah. He could. He's not that good over there. He's certainly no. not that good over there because that's not his natural position. No. You know, you <laughs> I always think yeah. I always think about it this way, right? It's so easy to say, okay, just put a winger on the left hand side, right? And I know from my experience, I'm left footed. So I always want to play on the right wing because I can always use my cutaway move with the left. It was so much easier. Now, back in the day when I was left-footed, they would be like, oh, you're going to play the left side because you're, you know, you're left-footed, right? And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But I remember I could never play fast and free with the 1v1s because I just yeah. never felt in that way. Whereas I'm on the right side, felt much more easier. I can play through the middle, that type of thing. Yep. When you put Torres on there on the left hand, we've seen him be neutered, and that's why – you know, when you look on paper of how you're going to manage this team, I just think Ansu is a better fit. And also, he just makes that defense think a little bit more because it's yeah. Ansu. And I think Ansu is just a better converter than Torres. And ultimately, we need goals. Maybe we do a, maybe we do a 4-4-2. No, nah, I don't see that. Maybe we play 4-4-2. I don't see that. <laughs> I'm you, I mean, I, I just – I I mean, as long – you know, we're, we're, we're hypothesizing all these things. I just ultimately – it goes down to the back four that we have to yeah. use that back four, our strongest back four, four three three. I think that's yeah. what we're going to do. On top of that, we need, like we said, we have to be conservative with the, with you know if something happens in the midfield, and I think we have more flexibility at top, right? That's where we're a little bit deeper, right there, yeah. right? With Torres, Ansu, Rafinha, you can put Alcorn up there, and you yeah. you know you have a little bit more depth up there. The yeah. midfield is where I feel bad for Frankie. Because so tired from carrying this midfield, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. But you they know. have to if they can whoever's in the midfield, if they can cut down like they they made a ton of bad passes the last game, again, igniting the counterattacks. So if they can just be secure with the ball and and then you already have a better back four, I think our defensive, you know, our defensive play will be much better than even I mean it wasn't even it wasn't technically all that bad the last game. Although they did have, you know, they did have quite a few counters and they, if they were better shooters then you know, they would have scored more obviously. So I think if they can just be secure, you know, do our thing where, you know, we have that ball control and then just hopefully whoever's in the front three, you know, they're like kamikazes and just, you know, going for it. Like we don't need to see a bunch of fancy dribble. You know, just how we always yell in the in the WhatsApp group, like just take the shot. Like yeah, you yeah. get the ball, turn and make a move, and and just get and and take the shot. And the other thing is, I I would really want to see those guys continuously attacking uh, the net. Like meaning, if they do start shooting like that, the whoever's not shooting needs to be ready for you know for some rebounds in there for some quick you know trash goals because we really that's one of the things that we don't do that often, and and I think that you know, we need to be able to do that, especially in a game like this, because man use back four is, yeah, they're getting Martinez, Martinez back, but they're still not, they're still not great. They're still not great at all. I mean, um, the game that they played uh, this, this past weekend um, that I think it was Everton that they were playing. 
Um, but they they were they were pushing them that first 35 minutes of the game. I mean, and even late in the second half, they were like a scoring threat. They didn't score uh, because you know they just don't have the quality to do so. But they they were attacking uh, Man United, you know, pretty pretty heavily. So that back four, their back four, can be beat. It can. But the other thing too is we need to get the ball up there. That's right. Know? And I know this is going to be tricky because normally we'll be able to get such an advantage on a possession. And I just don't see yeah. that happening so much tomorrow yeah. just because of the midfield we have yep. uh, tomorrow. Now, again, after all this talk, thinking <laughs> about the different scenarios, my, my main goal is I just don't want to police. I don't want to lose yeah. like four nothing and just have our heads down. I want to see us fight. Yep. And I hope they do. A lot is stacked against them. They can easily fall down after the first goal. And I'm just really hoping that they don't and they just keep fighting. It's going to be really difficult. I mean, I can think of personally so many times where you go into a match already thinking you're one arm behind your back, you know, fighting. And it's really difficult to be that mentally strong, especially if you're not have played together as a core, right? And that's the other thing is that we just expect these players to plug and play when they haven't really played with each other all that much. I mean, you think about this mixture of coming in, right, with the back line being super young, being this first year that they're coming together, coordinated with Sergio Roberto and Busquets, coordinated with another top line of Lewandowski that haven't really – so, you know – like I said, on FIFA, it looks great. We play around with the formations and the chemistry, but we all know if you've ever played, you th- if I think you're going to go left on a movement and you go right and I lose the ball, like those are the things that you build over time of chemistry. And I'm just really worried tomorrow. It, I mean, I'm looking forward to the match in a way that it's almost going to be like a car crash or yeah. we'll see what's going to happen. <laughs> or a surprise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? I think it would be more – dire straits about the situation if we weren't doing so well in La Liga. Yeah. And I think that is ultimately what we can back up and also Copa del Rey as well. And that, you know, ultimately we stack up really well against Real Madrid for whatever reason with yeah. this team this season. We are their kryptonite of we can handle them and we've beat them and Chabi has the magic formula against them. But with other European elite teams, we just – can't figure that out yeah so we'll see what happens tomorrow night all right so last topic we want to get into was the news came out today that Messi is visiting Barcelona I also heard on uh some of the streamers today that Messi has three options basically on the table because it doesn't look like he's going to extend at PSG though I think he should just from a footballer perspective I think he's a good fit there he's still going to be competing at a at a high level for a team that's going to qualify for champions so his three options are basically MLS, um, going back to Argentina, and then coming back to Barcelona. Now, I put a poll in the WhatsApp group. It was like 90% no. <laughs> I'm in that bench too. Yeah. I just think it's too difficult right now, especially with this young core, to bring back Messi and to keep this drive of youngsters going. And so that's my main thing. Now, do I want Barcelona to ultimately bring Messi back to do a, a really – proper send-off because the send-off we gave him was hot garbage as we do with all of our greats at Barcelona it seems like so I ask you point blank do you want him back I you know I've been very vocal about that I thought that Barca should have let him go like earlier on because of a lot of things I certainly won't go into but just where the team was and 
uh, what I what I claim as was a lack of leadership. I mean, they allowed the team. You know, he was there. He was the leader. He allowed the team to get soft, and he was getting paid a ton of money, and they just didn't fight for anything anymore. And I put the blame on him because he was the leader of the team. I mean, that, there is no two ways around that. That was his responsibility to make sure that you know we were fighting. Um, but then I saw him, you know, in the World Cup. And I thought, oh, man, you know, look at what he's done for that team and look at how the that team was just so intense and, you know, played with such joy and just, you know, they had all the momentum in the world. And so I think that I'm still kind of caught up in that in that moment of, of them going through that World Cup and what they look like in that, you know, what what if he, you know, brought that, to, you know, to Barcelona and just was like that final piece that they needed and he could help the the younger players continue to grow. So that's like part of me. So I'm like caught up in this. I've been like internally debating it. But then the other part of me is like, what if he just comes back and it was the same Messi that he was before? Yeah, granted, greatest player ever probably to play the game. Will he would he score goals? Absolutely. But he'd also like you mentioned, he would stifle somebody's growth because he'd have to take a roster position. He'd have to take playing. And so I guess in the big picture, if he would want to be the messy, he would want to be the leader, he would want to be the focus of a team, then absolutely not. We've moved on past that. We're, we're past that. We are developing a new team. They're, they're coming together. They're playing well. Why would we need to do that? Give them, sign them for a day or do a memorial, you know, a parade. Uh, rant or something like that, you know, yeah. say goodbye to him. You know, maybe he comes back, you know, comes back later. And, you know, as he says, he wants to live in Barcelona for the, his retirement or whatever. And maybe he's part of the club as an ambassador or whenever that may be. That'd be great. Now, the only other caveat to that is what if he went somewhere else for a couple of years and then came back like at the very end of his career and was OK with being coming off the bench in like a 70th minute, 65th minute, you know, just to get some playing time and to, you know, be a change maker for us yeah. you know, deeper in a game. I think I would be okay with that, but I don't see him wanting to be that person yet. So as it, as it, if it stands right now, my answer would be no. Yeah. So I'm in agreement too. And I think, I think he should stay at PSG because as we saw on Sunday, he can still score on those free kicks, still bring the goods. And I think, like you said, with that mixture of players that he has on PSG that are kind of young, obviously they've had some really inconsistent performances. But I think, you know, with the Argentina, obviously such a short span of games, right? And we, I mean, this is the thing. We never said that when Messi's last years in Barcelona that he never had moments of brilliance like every third game. It was just yeah. in those consistent moments that we needed him to be a leader and more elite in those matches, he came up short. And so a lot of the blame for those exits in Champions Leagues fall on his shoulders, and not only his shoulders, but Luis Suarez and Alba yeah. and Busquets and Pique, you know? So it's yeah. not just Messi, right? But, you know, he is the best player we've ever seen, so he takes the grunt of those yeah. uh, blame. So anyway, uh, I just thought it was interesting because, yeah, that those are basically the options. We'll see what happens. And again, until this financial fair play issue with La Liga. And that's, I think we should get into that topic uh, on Friday or next week about the <laughs> yeah. revenue sharing because yeah. the short sightedness of these two teams, Barca and Madrid, 
and also with La Liga agreeing to the revenue sharing is ultimately hindering the league, yeah. not only for its growth, but also the players. Because, you know, from La Liga's point of view, they're, they, they, they're telling England that they should lower the prices so that they don't make everyone else look bad. Yeah. Essentially, that's the philosophy as opposed to like, this is, you know, let's let's work on this revenue sharing and sell La Liga because we know, I know, you know. I just think La Liga football is a far superior product on the field to watch technically than EPL. Like if I have to see any more EPL fullbacks clear attacks into the stands, I'm going to flip out. Like that to me is like, and they clap for that. Like I'm just like, like, it drives me insane. It's like, I always remember as a kid, you know, it was like you clear the ball. It's like, yeah, punt it, boot yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, we want to keep possession. You know, like, yeah. let's try this anyway. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll be watching Bain and Red tomorrow night as Barcelona are currently already in Manchester. So, Troy, thanks for joining me. And we'll catch up on Friday to see the results of this, uh, <laughs> this, this match we'll tomorrow see. night. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good day. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. You too. Thanks. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.